coming up. What an excellent day for The History of the Devil. Part 17. folks, and welcome to another episode of The Exorcist Minute, a show where we normally examine, extrapolate, and excavate The Exorcist Minute by Terrifying Minute. My name is Lester Ryan Clark. And I'm Keenan Diaz. And we are still your holy guides on this journey through the history of the devil. And today, we are covering book four of John Milton's epic poem, Paradise Lost. You'll remember last time we took a break to see how things were going on up in heaven, and apparently God knew, knows, has known, is knowing, question mark? That Satan would escape all along. But yeah, he, it's a, he will have had known. Yes. Already. <laughs> Already. Yeah. By the time you're listening to this. <laughs> right? But then you might be asking, I mean, yeah, you might be asking, Keenan, mm-hmm. uh, why doesn't God stop Satan? Yeah, why doesn't God stop Satan? Well, it's okay because God is going to uh, tell us why he doesn't stop Satan by introducing and solving the problem of evil. Remember that old chestnut, folks, the problem of evil? But actually, this isn't really God. It's a character created by Milton, and so it's actually Milton who's tackling the problem of evil. And spoiler alert, he can't solve it because he is not God. Back to the drawing board, everybody. Yep, keep it up, everybody. We're close. I can feel it. Um... But yeah, meanwhile, Satan has traversed the realm of chaos, found Earth, and after a brief pause at the stairway to heaven, he lands on the firmament, and after a little wandering, he's like, whoa, here comes the sun. (laughs) And so he goes there to the sun, and he's walking on sunshine. And soon he meets the angel Uriel, whom he deceives by doing the Cupid Shuffle. I don't know that one, but I'm that sure that's very it, funny. It's a, it's a song. <laughs> I, I imagine that is hysterical. Yeah. For people That'd be inelegant, song. but these are all song titles. Isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> After which Uriel shows him the way to Eden, and our book ended with Satan landing on Mount Nephates. Mm-hmm. No song there? No song. No, There's that I, Mr. Roboto song, I think I'm turning Nephates. I think I'm turning Nephates. I think really what? think so. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking old style, like God tell it on the mountain, but you know. <laughs> God tell it on the mountain. Yeah, <laughs> but no, don't tell God. I'm I like that's what I don't want. Yeah, no. yeah. But uh, as always, before we dive in, folks, let us first read Milton's argument at the top of Book Four. Here we go. Satan, now in prospect of Eden, and nigh the place where he must now attempt the bold enterprise which he undertook alone against God and man, falls into many doubts with himself, and many passions, fear, envy, and despair, but at length confirms himself in evil, journeys on to paradise whose outward prospect and situation is described, overleaps the bounds, sits in the shape of a cormorant on the tree of life, as highest in the garden, to look about him. The garden described, Satan's first sight of Adam and Eve, his wonder at their excellent form and happy state, but with resolution to work their fall, overhears their discourse, thence gathers that the tree of knowledge was forbidden them to eat under penalty of death, and thereon intends to found his temptation by seducing them to transgress, then leaves them a while to know further of their state by some other means. Meanwhile, Uriel, descending on a sunbeam, warns Gabriel, who had in charge the gate of paradise, that some evil spirit had escaped the deep and passed at noon by his sphere in the shape of a good in the shape of a widowed baby cherub 
<laughs> no, no, no. As a good angel, right? As a good angel, right, right, right. <laughs> Down to paradise. Discovered after by his furious gestures in the mount, Gabriel promises to find him ere morning. Night coming on, Adam and Eve discourse of going to their rest, their bower described, their evening worship. Gabriel, drawing forth his bands of night, watch to walk the rounds of paradise, appoints two strong angels to Adam's bower, lest the evil spirit be there doing some harm to Adam or Eve sleeping. There they find him at the ear of Eve, tempting her in a dream, and bring him, though unwilling, to Gabriel, by whom questioned, he scornfully answers, prepares resistance, but, hindered by a sign from heaven, flies out of paradise. So they, they got him. They got, yep, yeah, it's, it's done. It's done. <laughs> Sorry, right? they, they it's caught him four. in the act, right? Yep. And they said, get out of here. Yeah, it's old Satan. <laughs> but so we got eight more books, huh? Yeah, yeah. yeah he right. stomps his foot and he walks off. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, no, no, we'll get to that. Yeah, they, they don't bring him back to hell. <laughs> Right. <laughs> they threaten to, but they don't. Right. They're, 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 they're like, you you get back to hell yourself. I trust you. Why don't you go to hell? <laughs> hey, you go to hell. <laughs> yeah. No, we'll, we'll get to that, folks. Right. These, angel, these angels are so damn trusting. <laughs> and I'm not like, like we're, we're going we're gonna to talk about them, and it's going to sound like they're dumb. They're not dumb. Right. They're just really, really good. Oh, right. that's yeah. very nice of you. Yeah. So yeah, so so that's what's coming up. We got we got uh, Satan soliloquizing. Um, mm-hmm. We got our first glimpse of Adam and Eve through the eyes of Satan, and we get a little standoff between Satan and Gabriel. So let's jump in. Okay, so right off the bat, Keenan, you had mentioned before that Milton was writing this as a stage play around the same time as he was trying to write uh, an epic poem about King Arthur, mm-hmm. and he. Scrapped the Arthur story and decided to make this the epic poem instead. Right. right. Yeah. And even if I hadn't known that, I got to say, like more than any book so far in this poem, book four feels like it wants to be a stage play or or maybe like it was a stage play at some point. Like, mm-hmm. what do you think? Yeah, because it is a lot of, you know, the soliloquy, I think, helps with that. Right. right? Yeah. And right. then and then like the soliloquy is interrupted by um by the angels uh, coming in or Adam and he like from the side. It's like, oh, hark, what do I what do I hear? Yeah, right? uh, there it is. And and he's describing what we're seeing and kind mm-hmm. of, um I don't know, not superfluous if it were. Um, I guess I'm just saying that superfluous nature, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Like we, like we're being told what we're seeing, but then he's also describing it um, aloud right. as Satan. Yeah, yeah. Seems like everybody is doing that in this mm-hmm, book, right? Mm-hmm, like we got, right. we got some. I mean, like when we get to Adam and Eve, like uh, you guys will know what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, but no, like this, this feels like like we're in the audience and and like we're in front of like like one of those bigger stages that have like little sections, like. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, set for like each scene. So it's mm-hmm. like the lights go up here and we're with Adam and Eve and then they go down and then the lights right. go up here and with, uh, you know, Gabriel and the angels and then we go down and then right. spotlight on, the, you know, the center stage. And, then, and yeah, the Satan. tree is always in the middle and it's always right. up, no matter where you're going. Right? Exactly, right? Yeah. So that's what it feels like. It feels like this, this like kind of like multi-stage production that's going on. Yeah. Right. Um, and yeah, there are so many theatrical elements in this single book. Like, I mean, for Christ's sake, we got, we got to be or not to be like right at the top, right? Or it's like to be or not to be evil, I guess. Um mm-hmm. Um, and, and there's even like, I swear to God, like a bit of British panto, uh, a little bit later. <laughs> oh, and yeah. I, I will explain like what that is when we get there. But, but yeah, like even, even the way we shift between scenes, like I was saying, like, it's almost mm-hmm. like Milton made it so that the cast and crew had time to like set up before the next spectacle. <laughs> right. It's like, okay, we're going to go to Adam and Eve over here while they, they, you know, they, they, um, prep the gates of uh, paradise or something. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. So let's look at this thing and you guys tell me if I'm off my rocker here. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, so so we open with another bit of narration. We got Milton uh, talking as he usually does at the top, but the difference here is that he is talking to us, right? He's not invoking the Holy Spirit or singing praises to light uh, like he did in the third book. He is setting the scene, literally. He is telling us as Satan walks on stage what Satan is feeling. Uh, mm-hmm. we, got, we got the spotlight on Satan and Milton's like, little did they all know that Satan brought hell with him and could mm-hmm. no more fly from it than he could fly from himself, mm-hmm. right? You get the, the music starting to build, right? Um, you know, full of doubt and despair, he turns his gaze to Eden, then to heaven, mm-hmm. and finally to the sun. There's a hush over the crowd, right? And because Satan is about to, to do his big number, right? And yeah, that's what this next bit is, folks. Like, yes, it's a chunk of blank verse in a poem, but actually this is Satan's song of woe, right? Mm-hmm. Like in a regular play, it's, like I said, to be or not to be, right? In a musical, this is I Dreamed a Dream from Les Mis, I dreamed right? a dream of days gone by. Right? It's, it's memory from Cats, right? Memories all alone <laughs> in the moonlight. I didn't know you were going to do all of this. <laughs> but actually, okay, actually, you know what this is? It is Gethsemane. Or, or I only want to say from JC Superstar. I don't know that one. You got to do oh, it for us. Oh. No, no, no. It's, it's it's really epic. It's like, but if I die, see the saga through and do the things you ask of me. Let them hate me, hit me, hurt me, nail me to their tree. Mm, yeah, Super. I got. Thanks. I got my lighter up in the air for you here. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's great. Yeah. No, no. That's that's a, that's a good one. Um, and like, but like ironically, like it's reminding me of that. We got the devil singing, right? Right. Um, and, and for both of those songs, like, like the vibe is like, I don't know if I'm strong enough to do the next thing, mm-hmm. right? And by the end, the character is resolved to do it, right? Mm-hmm. The difference is like Jesus is having doubts about whether he can do God's will and, and be a sacrifice in, in uh, Gethsemane, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and in Gethsemane, he's talking to God, right? Satan is talking to himself right here. And that is 90% of his lines from here on out, right? Once he's out of hell, it's all soliloquies, mm-hmm. right? And compare that to all the other characters have someone to talk to, right? Mm-hmm. Even even God in the last book had the son to talk to and answer him back. Satan is stuck in this feedback loop for most of the uh Poem. I almost said play because that's how this feels. Um, it's a stage play, but but yeah. So so let's break this thing down. So you're saying like you know, oh, we could have given uh, Beelzebub to Satan to be his little Iago right, the yeah. whole time, yeah, but he doesn't. We leave him behind. So like that seems mm. to be of Satan's own. It's not like Milton wasn't like that's a that's a possibility, right? Right. right. Yeah. Instead, he he's like, well, no, Satan has isolated himself even from his. Uh, I don't know if they're friends, right? But we could have mm. made him a friend uh, with he could have, yeah. in this yeah. in this version, yeah. Mm. Yeah. So it's and, and and it could have even been like like uh, like maybe not even an Iago thing, maybe like a brothers in arms kind mm-hmm, of like mm-hmm. you know like you know searching for this lost continent and they, you know and they find themselves on the way you know. <laughs> or <laughs> each other. I don't know, you know? We, we find yeah, each yeah. other on the way. Yeah. All right, you can do whatever you want with the, your yeah. Bible fan fiction and, lesson. And, and and Satan's <laughs> like, you know, it's like I wish I could quit you, but. <laughs> Yeah. Right, but you're literally the only one here. Yeah, <laughs> so. I can, I can no more. I bring you with me. I, I can no more fly from you than I can fly from myself. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> it's still my heart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but no, yeah. Milton, Milton decides to have Satan be by himself, right? And I think that is that is crucial to the character of Milton Satan. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, let's let's take a look at his his monologue here. So he opens by speaking directly to the sun, comparing it to the god of this world and cursing its light, um, for it reminds him of the place from which he fell, both heaven and his his former luminous state. And the next bit surprised me. He says. 
till pride and worse ambition threw me down, warring in heaven against heaven's matchless king. Ah, wherefore, he deserved no such return from me, whom he created, what I was in that bright eminence, and with his good upbraided none, nor was his service hard. What could be less than to afford him praise, the easiest recompense, and pay him thanks? How do? Yet all his good proved ill in me, and wrought but malice lifted up so high. I completely forgot that this was in here. Mm -hmm. Like, I knew this was, like, the monologue where he almost, you know, turns back. Mm -hmm. But I thought it was a bit more selfish, a little bit more delusional. Like, like it still is. Like, he hasn't finished. But, like, I was surprised to hear him finally, like, fully admitting that he was in the wrong. Mm -hmm. Like, he, he admits it was pride and ambition that threw him down. He admits that God doesn't deserve his enmity, uh, that God was the one who made him so bright and beautiful, that God uh, was never a tyrant and, you know, with his good upbraided none. And lastly, how all God asked in return was thanks and how ridiculously easy that would have been to give him. Mm -hmm. And then there's that last line, like, yet all his good proved ill in me. Right. And I think this can go both ways. I, th I think the first like this, this could be the first turning point in this monologue. We could read this as Satan saying, uh, you know, all his goodness didn't work on me. Or this could be the point where he starts slowly shifting the blame to God, right? He says, all his goodness is what made me this way. That is how I read it, yes. Mm. That that he cannot stand, uh, you know, maybe it's self-hatred or something, but he cannot yeah. stand some somebody loving him that much. Right, yeah. Um, and then he thinks... If only God had created me as some lower angel, I would have been happy. Like, I, w I wouldn't have dreamed of challenging him, right? And I know that Milton is trying to make this, like, a serious part. Like, he's he's wishing that he was, you know, like, less magnificent up in heaven because then mm -hmm. he wouldn't be tempted to, you know, to, to rebel against God. But it just sat like, it's like, oh, if, if only he didn't make me so awesome. <laughs> if only he didn't give me these sick abs. Yeah, these 10 abs. If yeah. only I had eight abs, like a normal person. Right. <laughs> and these resplendent wings and this great hair. Oh, God. Such a curse. I'm cursed with this beauty. And these smarts and this, this beautiful voice. Yeah. But then he thinks, no, because because someone else would just come along and, and rebel against God and mm -hmm. I would probably join them. Um, and then he says, no, no, my rank didn't matter because others of my rank did not fall and were not even tempted, which also surprised me because I thought he was like the, the, the best of the best. And here he's comparing himself to angels of equal rank. Yeah, um, but I think if he's like the the top, you could still, I think it's all stratified, right? So okay. you're like the top of the nobility. There's still a power structure within your your class in your rank. Mm, okay, okay, yeah. Um, but yeah, so, uh, and then he's like, didn't I have the same free will, the same freedom of choice that they all had? Then who can I blame but myself? Mm -hmm. No, 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 no. I should blame God for loving me and trusting me, mm -hmm. right? I will curse his love. But then again, immediately he's like, no, 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 I curse myself. It was my decision. So he's he's going back and forth like, mm -hmm. on this. Yeah, I love the idea of the of the ranks and the nobility. And again, thinking about um, thinking about Milton as someone who was advocating for the overthrow of the right. uh, of the monarchy, and then they did that. But that wasn't like a, a bottom up overthrow. That was from the nobility again. So it was, right. it was very similar to this idea, like like the. I mean, you know, I don't know. Maybe we'll get to something where Milton 
praises mm. lowly peasants, etc. But mm, I don't think mm. that's going to happen. Um, right. <laughs> I imagine so, since he was not a peasant. Uh, yeah. yeah, they didn't t- tend to think highly of peasants. But yeah, yeah, like the only people who can make decisions that, that really have ramifications in this time period are like nobles from their point of right. view. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And this, this book was this this book wasn't written for peasants to read. Right. And that's another argument, right, that like um, to a lot of the peasants, it doesn't matter who's in charge. It doesn't matter yeah. who the king is because their life stays exactly the same. <laughs> yeah, right. Nothing really changes. Mm. Right. Um, but yeah, so, so you know, Satan is going back and forth on this, like who to blame, who's who's really, you know, uh, you know, the cause of all of this, this anguish that he's feeling. Um, and then he goes on to the next part, wondering where to go from here. Like literally and figuratively, where do, where do I go from here? Mm-hmm. Um, he says, wherever he goes, and and I've repeated this already, so it's kind of like like we've already kind of like um, killed the hype of this line. Um, <laughs> but this is where he says, wherever he goes, he goes to hell because he is hell. He brings hell with him. Mm-hmm. Um, but if he chooses to continue hating God, then a deeper hell might open up and consume him. Mm. Um, and I think he's he's talking about like his own. He's not talking about like literally God's going to open up a deeper hell. I think he's talking about like like being sucked into his own self even more. I think that is what he. Well, he, I think he is saying that like myself am hell and, and that kind. Yeah. But but uh, it's so tricky, right? Because we're dealing with mm. infinite. So I still right. can't you know uh, picture these things. So the hell as we have it is infinitely sad and strange and dark, and right. infinitely away from God. But but then mm. the raising the possibility of a of an even bigger infinite which uh right. math says is possible and science says is possible <laughs> mm-hmm. right so yeah i just can't imagine what that would be yeah as soon as they get out of the lake in mm-hmm. book one you're like oh like like things can be a little bit better <laughs> yeah but can they get worse can they be even more of it i mean that's what that's what belial argues he's right. like we can be chained at the bottom of the lake right <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh, but but hell, uh, worse hell for me would be without my beloved Beelzebub. Ah, there you go. Right? <laughs> and he says that he says that like just within earshot of Beelzebub. <laughs> well, no, exactly, exactly. Yeah, right. And he's like, oh, <laughs> I don't know how to quit him. I said, I don't know how to quit him. <laughs> what was that, boss? Oh, Mammon, get out of here! <laughs> Can't have a moment's peace in this. There's no privacy. There's, <laughs> There's no privacy in this hell. Yeah. It doesn't have any walls. Yeah, these well, these walls are, are half an inch thick. Yeah. <laughs> Lord Satan, you despaired of the fact that there were no bananas in hell previously. But I <laughs> I can't I can't. You have to finish that. <laughs> no, they're gonna finish it. They're gonna just go off and finish that. <laughs> What's your favorite piece of Paradise Lost discussion or discourse? Well, there's this podcast (laughs) called The Exorcist Minute who aren't talking about the movie, but instead talking about Beelzebub and Satan having sex. Oh, but Beelzebub and Satan are the same person, aren't they? Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> They'll explain it all to you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Come with me. We've got, we've got lots to cover. <laughs> Episode one. <laughs> but yeah, so, so yeah, so he's, he's, he's talking about like wherever he goes, he brings hell with him, mm-hmm. right? And he's, and he, but like he's, he's worrying that he can, he can, he can possibly, like he might possibly fall deeper into his own feelings of despair if he continues um, hating God. Right. And he actually wonders if, Forgiveness is still possible. Mm-hmm. But then he thinks, 
only if he submits, which he cannot do. Um, how would he face all the other fallen angels back in hell after all that bragging and boasting? And he's like, oh, they don't know how hard it is being me. <laughs> and he reasons like, besides, even, even if I was forgiven and even if I was raised all the way back up to my former state, I know me. Like, I would just want to do it all again. Right. And I'd probably get a worse punishment the second time. And hey, God knows I would do it again. So he's probably not going to forgive me. And you know what? If he's not willing to forgive me, I'm not willing to ask forgiveness. Mm-hmm. He, made a, he made a little bit of a leap there. But, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, again, folks, feedback loop, right? Um, and so this monologue ends with him saying, so farewell hope and with hope, farewell fear. Farewell remorse. All good to me is lost. Evil be thou my good. Again, one of those memorable lines from this mm-hmm. poem. And so, yeah, after this monologue, Milton tells us that as Satan was speaking and wrestling with all these emotions, it was affecting him physically. And so here's where I thought, oh, sweet. This is where, like, he gets horns and he starts to look more monstrous. Like, what a cool visual, like, as this as this monologue is playing out. Mm-hmm. And by the end of it, he is the devil, right? But no, no. Milton is saying that as he's speaking, he's getting so worked up that his disguise is falling away. And I'm like, wait, disguise? Like what disguise? And then I realize, Mm -hmm. Keenan, this whole monologue, this amazing to be or not to be monologue is being recited by a little baby cherub. Oh, okay. All right. I see what you're saying. Yeah. He hadn't changed back yet. (laughs) I thought he would do that as soon as he was alone, right? (laughs) That's what I thought too. It's like, oh, I can get out of this thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's all about, like, you know, he's all about image, right? <laughs> and folks, I like I completely misremember this partly because there is this beautiful uh picture again by Doré um where Satan is like leaning on a rock and he's got uh, like a hand to his head and this look of like like aesthetically pleasing anguish on his face and you think, "Oh, this this is the monologue. He's looking up at the sky and he's like, "Woe is me." But no. At least at the beginning of this monologue, he is a little baby cherub. <laughs> Yeah, that that that's him taking off his uh, cherub makeup. Probably he's stripping it oh, off. Yeah. <laughs> so, do you want to go back and reread that monologue, but with with your Oz a little cuter? <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Everywhere I go, I have hell with me, or whatever it is. Hell with me. <laughs> hell's so big, and I'm so small. <laughs> And I know that if 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 if, if God just forgave me, <laughs> I would just do it again because I'm a bad little boy. <laughs> but Keenan, mm-hmm. I like I think we forgot to mention this to our listeners. Uh-huh. Um, the reason that Satan is using that voice when he's deceiving Uriel uh-huh. um, is because he has never actually met the cherubs in heaven. He's too he's too high and mighty. He's, he doesn't he's not going to deign to go down right. to their uh-huh. you know their region of heaven, right? And like but. Folks, we all know that cherubs actually sound like New York cabbies. Right. They say, get out of my way. <laughs> what you doing out here? I'm walking here. Hey, yeah. hey, forget about it. Right. Cigars haven't been invented, <laughs> but. But they're still, still holding them. their chubby fingers as if they have their stogie. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's like, what is it, Baby Herman in the. Yeah, in the, yeah, yeah. In, in Roger Abbott, yeah. Quit busting my balls. Yeah. Saying now I gotta you know pick up this like this 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 cutesy bow and arrow and, and don't make two people fall in love. It's hell on my back. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But anyway. So so yeah. So so 
while Satan is doing this monologue, he's getting so riled up, he's getting so worked up that his that his like costume falls off, his his disguise, and uh, you know the, of the of the cherub falls mm-hmm. off. And also, just to add to the comedy here, remember why he changed his shape? Remember Uriel, the angel in the sun, whom he was trying to deceive? <laughs> Turns out he's watching all of this. Literally, it's like one of those those comedy cuts where we got a close up of Satan, mm-hmm. so it looks like he's by himself, and that's when he <laughs> delivers this epic monologue. Then hard cut to Uriel in the sun looking down on earth and that's when the music also cuts right. and Satan's voice sounds less epic and, and it's far away and you just hear <laughs> and Uriel's like well shit hey, you don't get Satan because he doesn't have any friends here he doesn't go he's right behind me isn't he yeah right <laughs> that's a pantomime. yeah yeah, yeah, that, yeah if you had if you had Beelzebub with you buddy you could you could do that bit right yeah <laughs> So yeah, so so Satan moves on and eventually comes to the border of Eden, mm-hmm. which is enclosed by a wall or a wall of trees. Um, in any case, Milton describes the trees, how tall they are, and he points out that these trees also have fruit on them mm-hmm. and how colorful and how beautiful it all is. And Satan also notices how pure the air is the closer he gets, but he also gets closer and sees that the foliage is either too thick uh, or that the wall has no entrance except um, on the complete opposite side of of where he is in the east. Um, But that's probably guarded. So he leaps over the wall in a single bound and lands on his feet on the other side. Milton was very focused on, on Satan being able to jump the wall. And I'm like, he has wings, John. So I guess we're supposed to be up on our Bible when we read this anyways. Right? Okay. Right. Mm. So so this is all like a little dramatic irony, right? So like we, mm. he's in the tree in Eden and there's fruit in it. And we're going to assume, I'm guessing that this is the tree and the fruit. When he later gets to the tree. Yes. Oh, this is, oh wait, this is not the tree. No, no, no. no. <laughs> see, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying like, if, if we see Satan landing on a tree with fruit in it, I'm assuming it's the tree, but you're saying no, 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 it's no. not the tree yet. Yeah. No, no. He hasn't even landed in a tree. Like he has, he has jumped the wall and landed on the ground on the other side of the wall. No, but where it says here, no, he gets to a tree, and higher than that wall, a circling row of goodliest trees loaded yes. with fairest fruit. Mm-hmm. Is that yeah? The he tree? just no, no, no. Like, like the, 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 that's a bunch of trees, but I don't think. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Those aren't those aren't <laughs> those aren't the tree yet. Right? Yeah. All right, I'm trying, Lester. I'm trying. No, 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 it's okay, it's okay. Yeah. no. It doesn't help that in in the most famous story uh-huh. about trees with fruit in them, <laughs> Milton has more trees with fruit in them that don't matter. <laughs> All right. Okay. 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 Well, I'm trying yeah. to use the rest of my my uh, Bible knowledge. So then, uh-huh. when we so he's on the west side of Eden, I suppose. Right. The very far side is the east side. He's not the east of is. Eden, right? He's not east of Eden yet, but that's right. where By John Steinbeck. <laughs> right. That is where. Um, that's where they'll have to leave from. It's the, it's the east of Eden. Right. East of Eden is yeah, and that and that is where the gate is. Yes, where, that's where the gate um, is. Where the where they're probably guarding. We don't. All know. right. Yeah. Did I do it? Did I do something? Yeah, you did. Oh, it. good. You did it. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, so Satan is in Eden. He has jumped the wall. He is in. And so now Milton compares him to a prowling wolf circling a shepherd's flock. This is the second animal comparison, right? Remember, Mm -hmm. first one was a vulture, right? Now we got a wolf. And so far, both of them are uh, figurative, right? Mm -hmm. I almost almost got confused which one was which. (laughs) Literal or figurative? Yeah, yeah, right. (laughs) Um, But but almost immediately after, he spies the tree of life. All right, Uh here we go. (laughs) Uh, No, actually, no. No, no, no. Oh, oh. No. (laughs) 
<laughs> you were so happy, but no. no. Um, it's, it is the highest tree in the middle of the garden. So he flies up to the top of it. Mm-hmm. And this is where uh, Milton says he sat like a cormorant, which sounds like it's, uh, like it's figurative, but all of the depictions and the interpretations I have seen have Satan physically changing into a cormorant, huh. which I, do, I did not know what that was. Well, and I had to so look I, that up, yeah. Yeah, I looked it up, and apparently it's some sort of water bird mm-hmm, right. that, that eats fish. And I was like, Milton, pick a crow. Pick <laughs> a raven. You had a vulture. Or, or, like, go the whole other way and pick, like, a dove, right? Mm-hmm. A water bird? <laughs> like, am I am I missing something about cormorants that makes the this, like, a better choice? I don't know. I mean, it's the first time I've heard of a cormorant, and uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, what yeah. kind of... Uh, um, special meaning they had to Englishmen of the 1700s. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's like Milton is, Milton is like, so, so he, he, he leapt the bounds of Eden and he's stalking <laughs> like a wolf. Uh, and then he, he, he flies to the top of the tree and you just hear, <laughs> like he's a duck or something. Well, I, yeah, I wonder if it's like, you know, if we, um, if we had like you visited by a, an owl and the owl right. told you a lesson, we'd be like, oh, that's because owls are wise, right? Yeah, right. But if right. you don't have that information, then it's just like, oh, this guy likes owls, I guess. Mm, yeah. So yeah, maybe it has some kind of meaning. Or maybe, maybe at a very, very young age, Milton was like attacked by a cormorant. <laughs> All right. I have found something. Okay it's, okay. it's a Wikipedia, so I don't you have to do your own research for this. Okay, okay. Cormorants feature in heraldry and medieval ornamentation, usually in their wing-drying pose. So they stick their mm. wings out, which was seen as representing the Christian cross and symbolizing <sighs> nobility and sacrifice. Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I take it back, Milton. This is, a, <laughs> this is a good one. Yeah, yeah. He read I, he read his Wikipedia. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. We're just, we're just too far along. We're just too, too far away from the, uh, the times, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, actually, I did look up uh, some stuff about cormorants as mm-hmm. well. Um, apparently, um, people are saying it's uh, it's very sneaky in the way that it hunts, right? Mm-hmm. So that's also appropriate. Um, also, in various cultures and literature, the cormorant is often seen as a symbol of greed and gluttony. Mm. Interesting. Um, uh, they also say him choosing a bird is a contrast to how the Holy Spirit depicted is depicted as a dove, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but still, Milton, use a raven. <laughs> They're both in the Ark story. Yeah, I don't. I you don't got think, the dove and you got the raven. I don't think cormorant is opposite of dove. I think raven is opposite of dove. I'm with yeah, you. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. Like, like, yeah, the, the cormorant and the, and the cross thing. Like, thank you for for finding that, Keenan, because I didn't I didn't see that. Like, the opposite of hare uh-huh. is not turtle. Exactly. <laughs> it's tortoise. <laughs> <laughs> if you go put a turtle in there, then yeah. no, what are you doing? Yeah. Right. <laughs> anyway, uh, but yeah, so so. From here atop the tree of life. Wait, so he is in the tree now. No. No? <laughs> what? He's not in the tree? You're saying he is this in the tree? This confused me as well. <laughs> so, Keenan. Are you fucking with me? <laughs> how many days old were you? And I will tell you, I will tell you my answer. Okay. When you realize uh-huh. that there are two trees, there is a tree of life. And a tree of knowledge of good and evil. <laughs> Wait a second. I know there's yes. a tree of life. Uh-huh. But this, but I didn't, I don't associate that with being in the Garden of Eden. It, um, no, I've, I've, I have heard, I rem- I'm, I'm remembering back, you know, in my childhood, uh-huh. being confused by this very thing. There is a tree of life. <laughs> and then there is also the no-no tree. 
I thought God doesn't call it that. But I know the Tree of Life from like the Norse Tree of Life. Oh, that, yeah, Yggdrasil. Yeah, that's oh, that's, oh, look at yeah. you. Yeah, Yggdrasil, you know, okay. like, Yggdrasil yes. Yggdrasilva. Okay. Yeah. Yggdrasil. <laughs> <laughs> I never knew how to put it. It's got it's Y G G something. Yeah, all basically like all my people's, uh, you know, my my ancestors' mm-hmm. words sound like you say them with a mouthful of 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 uh, mutton and and mead. Yggdrasil. <laughs> Like you're afraid of somebody stealing the meat from out your mouth. Exactly. Right. <laughs> okay. So yeah. we're not we're not we're not talkers. We're we're pillagers. <laughs> so there is another tree of life in the garden. No, there is only one. There is only one tree of life in the Garden of Eden. I didn't know there was any tree of life in the Garden of Eden. That's well, where I, that's where I'm getting confused. Milton is saying, you know what? Hang on, hang on, hang on. <laughs> what is the difference? <laughs> Between the tree of life and the tree. Tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil are two different trees mentioned in the biblical book of Genesis, specifically in the story of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. They hold distinct symbolic meanings and roles in the narrative. Okay. I did not realize that. Yeah. So, okay. So let's look at the tree of life. So tree of life. Um, Symbolism. The tree of life primarily symbolizes immortality and the uh, perpetuation of life. Eating from this tree was thought to grant eternal life. What? ChatGPT, are you fucking with me? No, I don't think anyone's fucking with anybody. That's okay, what wait, it wait, says wait, okay. here. He, separ- he separates it. Uh, no, he. ChatGPT separates it. Um, and, <laughs> and, okay. Specifically, the role of Genesis. It says, it is le- aha, here we go, here we go. It is less prominent in the Genesis narrative compared to the Tree of Knowledge. After Adam and Eve eat from the Tree of Knowledge, God banishes them. Yeah, we know, we know. Um, uh, to pre- oh, to prevent them from eating from the Tree of Life and living forever. What? What? I I search the tree. Where is the tree of life in Genesis? It takes me to Genesis 3.22. I go to uh-huh. Genesis 3.22, and in all of the English versions, King James or anything, it says that it's the, the, uh, the tree of uh, knowing good and evil. So ChatGPT is telling you. <laughs> no, no, no. Not ChatGPT. Okay. ChatGPT is lying to you. It's I hallucinating. He's a liar. <laughs> ChatGPT is a liar. <laughs> Lester, he will sometimes mix lies with the truth <laughs> to attack us. I have the tree of life. Biblical, okay, biblical references. It's mentioned again in the book of Revelation, tree of life, as part of the new paradise symbolizing eternal life with God. Okay. <laughs> the tree of life. Bottom line, I think the differentiation between the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil mm-hmm. existed before Milton is doing this thing. Okay, well, it... it confuses me yeah so he's winning so good job mm. <laughs> hang on let me check with google um here we go this is the gospel coalition all right so uh some exegetical notes mm-hmm. uh observations and tentative conclusions among all the trees in the garden of eden god identified two special trees of life and of the knowledge of good and evil um and out of the ground the lord god made to spring up every tree that is pleasant to the sight of uh, good for food uh, the tree of life was in the midst of the garden and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. God allowed Adam to eat from all the trees except the tree of knowledge of good and evil, warning him that death would result. And what about the tree of life? <laughs> That's where they stop talking about the tree of life. 
Lord God commanded the man saying, you may surely, you, uh, you may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat for in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. After being tempted, the tree of knowledge, good and evil, right? After eating from the tree of knowledge of good and evil in, in, knowledge, regarding, there's, there's no more tree of life. I do not see any more tree of life. In Genesis. Yeah, in Genesis. Right. It's in Revelation, et cetera. So it, it's just dropped in Genesis. It's like as as this big thing. It's like and 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 God made all the trees and 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 they all sprouted up and He made the two most important trees, <laughs> right? The tree of the knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life. Anyway, so about the tree of knowledge of good and evil. <laughs> yeah, they both sound pretty important. Yeah. According to the Greek Orthodox Apocalypse of Moses, the tree of life is also called the tree of mercy. Does that help you at all? No. <laughs> no, that doesn't. <laughs> Except maybe like I'm crying mercy. Like I don't want to. Keep looking. Like, I feel so stupid. Folks, if you know the answer to this riddle. Um, <laughs> it's not supposed to be a riddle. <laughs> it's not supposed to be a riddle. But it's a riddle for us because, like, we're, we're, we're just too stupid to understand <laughs> what, this, what this tree of life is all about. Um, and we're both, we were both raised Catholic. So I don't know. I don't know how this got past us. Yeah, well, I think, there, I think you're right. I think there are two trees and then some yes. people read them as one tree and that's of debate. All right. This is this is even like more confusing than the Satan Beelzebub thing, right? <laughs> yeah. But okay, but according to Milton, they are two trees. They are two different trees, right? All right. Yeah. So he's not in the so I need to stop saying the tree <laughs> right. for a little while longer at least. So yeah. he is in a tree, yeah. which is the which, tree of life. Yeah, which is the tree of life. It's it's like the other most important tree. Um <laughs> and he's not gotten to the other tree, the tree of yet. knowledge of good and evil. Right, right. And he doesn't All even right. know that one exists. Yet. All right. Well, right. I keep thinking he just as I read it, I, it felt like he got to this tree a couple different times. So that makes sense now. Yeah, yeah, right. And if we were cleaning this up, it would just be that tree, you know? <laughs> you know? And then he's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. You mean, like, like he's listening to Adam and Eve, mm-hmm. you know, down there. He's like, wait, 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 wait. This tree? <laughs> How convenient for me. Yeah. Um, but no, no. Okay, well, I so, also so, thought that the tallest tree in the middle of the garden would be the important tree for the story, but that's not that's not the case. Well, no, Keenan, because then, then it would be hard to get the apples. It should be hard to get the apples. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, who's fucking with who? <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> All right, but oh, he's okay, landed okay. in the tree that's in the middle. It's the tallest tree, and it's the right. tree of life. It is the tree of life. Right? Oh, right. Yes. Um, and he can see all of Eden and Milton describes it here for us as the most beautiful garden imaginable. And here is where I want to cite Professor John Rogers of Yale Courses on YouTube, who says Milton is tasked with showing us a world that is unfallen, which is hard because a fallen world is all we have ever known. Right. Mm-hmm. Any depiction of Eden falls short. Right. Same as how, you know, we said any de- uh, description or characterization of God mm-hmm. falls short. Right. Rogers says that that Milton is giving us a fallen representation of an unfallen state, right? Um, And because neither Milton nor we know what that is, Milton spends a big chunk of description explaining what Eden is not Mm. uh, with with many cultural and literal references that we do not need to get into. (laughs) It is not the famous garden of X or the lush garden of Y, right? It's Eden, right? We get it. It's indescribable, right? (laughs) Yeah, I actually that. messaged. I actually messaged Keenan, mm-hmm. and uh, like like before before um uh like like uh, earlier in the week, and mm-hmm. I said we're gonna skip a lot of this Eden stuff. <laughs> Turns out Eden is beautiful. Right? Who knew? <laughs> Indescribably, but yeah, yeah. that's us and, Americans. Like Lovecraft is the American. He's like, it's you just can't describe it. You just, yeah, yeah. Okay, great. 
But uh, Rogers points out a couple other things. A little further down in this description, Milton describes the rivers in Eden as rolling with mazy error. Um, error, that's E-R-R-O-R, right? And he notes that's a really weird word to have in your description of paradise, mm-hmm. right? Is this is this more proof that uh, you know fallen language cannot adequately adequately describe Eden, mm-hmm. or or is it that error, which is basically the theme of this whole poem, mm-hmm. right, has already infected Eden, right? Even down to Milton's choice of words, mm-hmm. even before the fall, error was in the garden. Remember, we don't get a description of Eden until after Satan has already entered. We follow him in. So mm-hmm. actually, we never get to see a one hundred percent unpolluted Eden. Mm. So it could be that, that you know that human error keeps Milton from properly describing Eden, or it could be that sin has already infected Milton's description of it because Satan is here. Or or Rogers poses one more option. He says maybe what Milton is suggesting with this word that doesn't seem to fit in a description of paradise is that the word error existed before the fall and it was a good thing as are all things in Eden and only after the fall is error associated with something bad right so so here it's describing a river it feels like it's saying like erratic and playful right like twisty turny river full of mazy errors right so yeah so it could be that Milton is is playing a little game here rather than trying to avoid using ugly words because you know if we do that we would just not be able to use any word, mm-hmm. right? Because all of them fall short of a description of Eden, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so rather than do that, he leans into it and, with words like error and says, we are so far gone, we can no longer imagine a world where the word error is as good and clean as everything else. Uh, I like that interpretation. That's That makes the most sense to me that mm. we just can't put it into words. But I yeah. love the idea that um, that satan's presence in eden makes it imperfect and so he would never even though he looks at it and is like wow this is crazy you know what god is able to create here but he has never seen it as perfect as it could have been before he even had the idea of going there right yeah Yeah. and i love the, the the kind of like meta idea that like like Milton's like, you know, he, he's trying to write it mm-hmm. and he can't even describe like, like, like words like error are like slipping in. It's mm-hmm. like, like Satan is glitching the, the, you know, uh, his writing. Right. Almost. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like we said, there's a ton of description of Eden. Turns out Eden is beautiful. Who knew? <laughs> Satan's not here for that. Mm-hmm. We're not here for that. And pretty soon Satan spies, quote, two of far nobler shape, erect and tall. Godlike erect with na- he uses erect twice. <laughs> that's not you. Sp- that's not you. Just uh, corrupting in it. the span of three <laughs> words. <laughs> with native honor clad in naked majesty, seemed lords of all. Right. Mm-hmm. That's that's how it finishes. Right. Okay. So so before we meet Adam and Eve proper, let's address the elephant in the room. The erect elephant <laughs> in the room. <laughs> Milton is famously sexist in his description of Adam and Eve, Mm -hmm. but then also weirdly inconsistent because he'll go out of his way to say how equal they are sometimes, right? So he's like, he's, he's, um, what's the word? He's, he's flip-flopping all over the place here. Um, And some scholars, uh, specifically um, Rogers of uh, Yale courses, Mm -hmm. says that could be due to the fact that Milton is kind of like we're seeing shades of the young Milton who's like very egalitarian Mm -hmm. and very, you know, Republican in the sense, not of like, you know, the American political party, but like of the anti-royalty, like everybody's equal, right? Right, Republican um, 
how we would say democratic today. So exactly. Figuratively, literally, or, but yeah, not like mon- the exact opposite. Yeah. Not monarchical, um, but having exactly. to do with representational government. Yeah. Right. So, so yeah, in his younger days, he was he was all you know like uh, all about equality, and you can see a little bit of that in his description of Adam and Eve sometimes. Mm-hmm. And as he gets older, um, Rogers says that he still remained you know anti monarch, mm-hmm. but he also kind of like developed this idea about like class. Uh huh. And hierarchies within like society. Mm -hmm. So we can see also that we can see those two Miltons kind of like battling out as we are talking about Adam and Eve. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah, that that I'm, you know, of no use. So because I just read finished products and I don't track like what's written Mm. by an older person or or, when did they start writing this? So that's fascinating. Yeah. But yeah, so let's look at that line again, right? Two of far nobler shape, erect and tall, lords of all, right? That's how he starts. That's the first description of Adam and Eve. And they are both godlike, both lords of all they survey, right? He points out that both of them look like God. Both of them are representations of God. But then almost immediately you go further down. It says, though both not equal, as their sex not equal seemed, mm. right? And Rogers is like, okay, seemed to who, right? Like, uh-huh. who, who is making this assumption, right? Uh-huh, like, right. It, it could be that Milton just can't help but be a little bit sexist here immediately mm-hmm. after saying that they were equal, and probably that's what this is. But Rogers points out that we can read it another way because remember, guys, we're only getting this description of Adam and Eve because Satan is watching them. Mm-hmm. Like Eden, we don't see them before he does. We are currently observing them through his eyes. These are his thoughts. So it's possible that Satan is misinterpreting them. And he's thinking that one seems uh, inferior to the other. Mm-hmm. Right? And this idea was actually introduced in the 80s. Um, all these Miltonians, they rejoiced that they could blame it all on Satan. Right? They could, they could say that patriarchy is not Miltonic, it's Satanic. <laughs> um, do I think that's what Milton is doing? No. No. No, uh, but he's dead and we can interpret this any way we want. <laughs> that's what I say. I, I think that's hard sometimes for people because you want to venerate the person who writes this great poetry and then you want exactly. to, you want to um, explain away their, the things you don't disagree, you disagree with them on, right? Right. Um, yeah, he, he is, pr- even if you say, hey, I'm a feminist, it's possible for you to not be as feminist as somebody else. That's possible. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And like, that's fine. That's great. He was, so even if he was ahead of his time, doesn't mean that he's ahead of our time or that, you know, that he's right. more feminist than us. And these things yeah. change all the time. Yeah. He's got, you know, like, like if he is, like if he's, if he's consciously trying to do that, he's, he's got a, a long way to go. Yeah. Well, um, just, you know, 300 years to go. I mean, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, don't have to, we don't have to be like, oh, he, he's what a terrible guy. He's not as feminist right. as, as we would be in, you know, right. 300 years later, but. Yeah. We got a long way to go. We started. We started sure, exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, at the end of the day, we could read that line, uh, though both not equal as their sex not equal seemed mm-hmm. as Milton's own observation or Satan's, right? Mm-hmm. Either way, as Rogers says, it's still a fallen understanding of unfallen beings, mm-hmm. right? And I do like that because Satan more than any other character is obsessed with hierarchies and one's proper place in the hierarchy and like the injustice or the unfairness of of being lower than you should be or or higher than you should be mm-hmm. the boys on classical stuff you should know point out they say look at the rigid hierarchy in hell versus how nature is laid out by god mm. right satan needs everyone and everything to have a rank right. and so he looks at adam and eve and of course the first thing he's going to wonder is which one is stronger which one is higher mm-hmm. right and he thinks that god thinks this way too take note whenever satan talks about god whether to himself or others he's always talking about god's strength god's power right he thinks god is god because he's the strongest and only that mm-hmm. so milton continues to describe adam and eve 
at length. At length, these these erect people. At yes, he described <laughs> describe these erect people at length. These these two standing proud and tall and erect at length. And he says it's not about the ele- no. Um, but no, that's like, all I can this- contribute in this episode, Lester. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting the trees wrong. All I can do is add add 13 year old jokes. So, yeah. yeah no. <laughs> but no, like like. I think you're on the money, Kenny, because like the stuff that Milton chooses to highlight mm-hmm. um, in their desc- in his description of Adam and Eve, like how Eve seemed uh, the softer of the two, or how their how how Eve's uh, hair length uh, quote implied subjection, mm-hmm. right? Like I'd rather imagine that's just Satan trying to make heads or tails of, of this new creature that mm-hmm. he's never seen, right? Um, so he watches as they make their way to a shady tree where they sit and they share a meal of fruit and. It's it's regular fruit. There are regular trees and regular fruit. Well, thank goodness. Yeah. <laughs> Just every time I'm reading this poem, it says fruit, and I'm like, <gasps> well, that's I'm that's like, oh, exactly oh. what I've did. <laughs> I misunderstood. Right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it's paradise and it's perfect. So maybe every tree has some special goddamn thing going on with it. I mean, this is the <laughs> this is the tree of purity of hearts. Yeah. This is the tree. This is the tree of um, of always striving to be better than the previous day. Yeah. This this eating from this tree will make you tall and erect. <laughs> and this is the tree that cures. I'm sure likes going over that tree. I don't know. <laughs> this is the tree that cures penile fire and seems like oh we should have had that down there. Oh. they don't even need it up here. There's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no penile fire at all. <laughs> they don't know how to properly use it. Oh. <laughs> she just grabbed a couple of. Apples from that tree and just ran back down. <laughs> right. Then they rejoiced. They're like, that's even better than your plan of uh, of smiting God. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so we don't even mind. care now. We just, right. you know. <laughs> and they read the side of the apple. It's like side effects may include headaches, nausea. Side effects may include headaches, nausea, penile fire. Hmm. <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs> then he turns to the camera. He's like, or do I? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Okay. No, no, no. Okay. So, so, um, so yeah, he's, uh, he, he watches, uh, as Adam and Eve, mm-hmm. uh, make their way to this shady tree and they sit down and they have this meal of fruit and they are happy and they are smiling mm-hmm. and they are laughing and they're even like joking with each other yeah. and Satan just can't stand it. Mm-hmm. Um, and all around them, the animals are also in this like happy, playful state and they're all like frolicking and playing with each other. Even mm-hmm. the carnivores, because they're not carnivores. Apparently. <laughs> right. They're not carnivores yet. Yeah. Um, this, like, this is. Straight out of Bambi, Keenan. <laughs> and the first words mm-hmm. of the next stanza spoken by Satan are, oh, hell. <laughs> right? He says, oh, hell, what do mine eyes with grief behold? Mm-hmm. Right? But no, actually, I'm joking. He he gets choked up by how much Adam and Eve look like God. Mm-hmm. That's the first thing that he notices about them. He can, he can see why God and the other angels love them and how maybe he too, Satan, could love them. And then he's like, in fact, I'm not your enemy. I actually feel sorry for you. And then, no joke, he adds, even though nobody feels sorry for me. <laughs> like he actually says that. Right. Right? Um, but then he decides then and there that he must have Adam and Eve for his own. Right? He says, with you I must dwell or you with me. And he goes on. He says, I don't think you guys are going to like my home. Uh, but 
it's good enough for me and it'll be good enough for you. Mm. He says, hell shall unfold to entertain you too, her widest gates and send forth all her kings. There will be room, not like these narrow limits, to receive your numerous offspring. And, and he finishes, he says, and hey, if you don't like it, thank him who puts me loath to this revenge on you who wrong me not. Mm-hmm. So blame God. All right, not his fault. He's trying to murder you and your children. Yeah. Right. Or murder you and kidnap your children, I guess. is what Exactly. Right. <laughs> I think it's so interesting because it is, we can have this conception that like demon devils are, are less than us. Maybe they are stronger mm-hmm. and sexier and faster and smarter or whatever, but in sure. the hierarchy, they're less than us. And, mm-hmm. and then to reverse engineer and think about them, well, no, they're not, they're not devils as we conceive of them. They're angels, right? And they're fallen mm-hmm. angels. And so they're, right. they're higher than us is how that feels to me. Right. Because as a, mm. as a man today, like a human today, I'm yeah. like, Oh, the angels are up there and they're, they're above right. us. Right. Yeah. But then to reverse engineer it further and think from Satan's point of view, right. God making man in his image is to usurp the angels in the hierarchy. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, so that's, that's a really interesting part of this here that I hadn't quite put my finger on until until Satan mm. is saying that essentially. Yeah, I really really like this. The only other time I have heard um Satan or or like the uh you know the version of Satan saying this mm-hmm. is um in uh in uh Islam mm. where um I think it's Iblis who basically says the same it's like like there's there's kind of like a, a similar situation where they're all up in heaven and um God announces that he has just made man mm-hmm. from earth and it's like it's 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 you know well known you know um by this point like oh God created the angels out of light and then he created the jinn out of fire mm-hmm. and then he creates he creates man out of earth Right. And Iblis, I believe, is a is an angel, and he's like, "What?" Like, like so. And and God's announcement is like, "It's like you guys are gonna, you guys are gonna bow down to man. Mm-hmm. Like, this, this is my greatest creation. This right. is my most beloved." And you know, uh, Iblis just he can't accept that. Uh-huh. He's like, "I am made out of light. I am the cleanest, you know, thing there is. I'm not gonna bow down to this gross." mud person <laughs> right mm-hmm. and and that's how that's how that's how i see man right if i'm comparing mm. man to god or the angels i see us as mud people with with mm. pringles dust on our on our chest <laughs> right from right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> from sitting around all day so like oftentimes today when i hear people say like you know man was created um it, you, god created man in his image i i i don't know usually that's like it's either like a boast, like a, um, oh, you know, like a life is sacred sort of idea, right? Like, right, like protect, right. protect life, protect people because we're we're worthy, like, or it's like trying mm-hmm. to provoke people to be better. Um, but to think of yeah. that in like the the celestial hierarchy, I, that had not mm-hmm. occurred to me until yeah, our discussion here. And I know you had mentioned the um, the gin story before <laughs> yeah. on our show, but like, yeah, putting mm-hmm. it in Satan's minds here that that's a uh, just you know, not a perspective I had thought of before. Yeah. And I kind of like how, like in, in Milton's version, mm-hmm. at least Satan has this idea that he's like, it's like, ah, oh, like, like before he sees them, he has this idea that they are just like mud people, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Before he sees it, but then he looks at them and it, he, he kind of like gets a little bit choked up. He's like, oh, I, I kind of get it now. Right. Like, like I can see how, you know, the other angels and I can see how God can love these two. Like they, they just like it, there's, there's something about mm-hmm. them that he can't put into words. Right. And I think that's like, because he's very like, again, like we're talking about like, like very hierarchical, very mm-hmm. um, logical. And he needs to put things all in there. Like everything, everything has a place right. and everything is like there for a reason. And he sees it like uh, the guys at classical stuff, you should know, also make this point. They say that one of the, one of the ideas to hold on to as you read Paradise Lost is that creation is a crescendo. Mm. 
it's not a decrescendo, right? Um, but Satan thinks of it as such, right? He he was the first. He was he so he's so he's the best, mm-hmm. right? Like he he was the first thing created, so he's you know he's the best. He's up at top, um, and we're going to find out, right? Like as God creates, um, you know, the universe, right? He creates the earth and then, you know, so it's like light and water and earth and then the animals and then lastly, man, right? But then even lastly, lastly, mm-hmm. right? We have woman. Right. And so the guys at Classical Stuff, they are, they are saying that Milton is saying that Eve is the greatest creation. I think that's very clear. Yeah. Because she is the final thing. She is she is the 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 climax of creation, mm-hmm. right? Right. Um but also Satan is looking at them together and say that they're so much like God and he's not saying like, "Oh, the man looks so much like God and the woman looks like a rib." Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's saying he's saying both of them, Both right? of them look like God, right? Exactly, right? And the other thing uh that the boys on classical stuff point out mm-hmm. is Satan goes after Eve specifically because she is the last. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. He's the first. She's the last. So he like like there's there's something about it. it's it's like a another like Batman Joker thing. Right. Or it's it's just like like what is it about you? Like like I am I am struck by your beauty. Mm-hmm. You look so much like God. But you're supposed to be you're supposed to be the, the lowliest thing. Mm-hmm. Like if my if my thinking is correct. Right. So I gotta like I gotta get closer to you and, and figure out and like, like test my theories. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but yeah, so we're not there yet. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's just, he's just looking at both of them and, uh, and yeah, he's, he's, he's planning a little, uh, you know, magic school bus field trip to hell for them. <laughs> Hope you've all got your permission slips. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that bus is still down here, right? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's in, it's in Moloch's colon. Um, <laughs> with all the dead children. Yeah, with all the dead children <laughs> yeah, the, and the gems that he tried to eat. Yeah, the pus is the it's just an afterthought. That's just a, a side effect of eating all those children. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, to someone who eats children, a bus is kind of like a hot pocket. <laughs> so, okay, so then Satan uh, flies down from the tree. Which uh, fucking tree? The, the tree of life. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> he flies down from the tree because remember, folks, he's still a bird if anyone forgot. <laughs> I actually did. I did. I did too. Thank you. That's very helpful. <laughs> and he and he 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 lands amongst the animals, and he becomes an animal himself. Mm-hmm. And this is absolutely literal. He's not figuratively, you know, changing into animals. He is literally changing into animals, right? Mm-hmm. From from one animal to another, as he gets closer and closer mm-hmm. to Adam and Eve, and he's getting closer. And now now he's a, a lion stalking his prey. Uh-huh. He's it's closer. And now he's a he's a tiger slinking silently along. Which Keenan. Mm-hmm. This seems like an unnecessary change. <laughs> From a lion to a tiger? <laughs> yes. Why does he go like like okay, he's 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 a bird. Uh-huh, yeah. And then he lands and you know, he starts changing into a bunch of different animals to get mm-hmm. closer. But then the last change he makes mm-hmm. is from a big cat to another big cat. Well. <laughs> also, Keenan, how does he know what a tiger is? <laughs> how does he know what a, what a corcoman is or whatever he was earlier? <laughs> <laughs> a cormorant. A cormorant, yeah. Yeah, we don't even know what the that Charmander. is. Charmander, how does he know? Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Okay, well, I must defend the cat hierarchy okay. because you are assuming lion is the same or bigger than tiger, which is not true. Okay. That is our that is that is the hierarchy we we have in our heads cuz lion is king right. of the jungle, but uh-huh. tigers are bigger than lions. Really? Yes. So he's going from big cat to bigger cat. He goes from oh. from cats to the largest one. Absolutely. But so why is okay. the why is the lion the king of the jungle? I don't know. Okay, but Keenan, my my question still stands. Like <laughs> he's sneaking up on them. <laughs> and so he's a big cat, and then and then you just hear behind Adam and he was like, Roar! <laughs> no, he needs to be the biggest cat there is. Which he yeah. understands as a tiger somehow, because <laughs> he's been reading his zoo books. 
Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. Plenty of time down there in the school bus. <laughs> he gets a zoo book in the mail every two weeks. Yes. Right. <laughs> they have the post office in hell. The, the, right, no. the post office is yeah. hell. <laughs> yes, I meant they have the postal system. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I actually wonder if he's just like blending in with what he sees mm-hmm, nearby. Mm-hmm. He must be, right? He just sees a well, – yeah, because they're all mixed together. They're all hanging out. Um, right. I don't know. I guess the, the – I, I don't believe this is in Genesis, but I am questioning everything I know about what's in Genesis after this two trees <laughs> thing. After this tree of life, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, Adam and Eve get sent away from, from, the, um, from the garden, right? Yeah. And um, and then I think we're supposed to assume that then all the animals which are hanging out together in the Garden of Eden then go spread out across the world and, and sort of segregate themselves, right? Right, yeah. right. So so in the beginning, every biome, every um, uh, indigenous animal, mm-hmm. indigenous to like other places right. later, like are all indigenous to Eden. That's right? how so I understand. So you got lions it, and you right. got tigers. And they, yeah, all the all the beauties of the desert and the beauties of the poles and the beauties of the jungle and everything is all yeah. together, right? Yeah. So so yeah. So he's a lion and then he's a tiger, mm-hmm. right? And he's 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 creeping up, you know, through the tall grass and he's getting real, real, real close. Um, and Wait, so yeah, does so he teach the lions and tigers how to be carnivores? <laughs> say, the entrance of Satan itself is what causes them to uh, need to eat each other. Because Milton is describing him as like stalking mm-hmm. Adam and Eve, right. like like you know he's like like menacing, right. and he's like slinking along like a lion or a tiger. <laughs> Meanwhile, we forgot, folks, you forgot. Behind him, all the other animals are singing like "I just can't wait to be king," because <laughs> they're all playing with each other. Right. They're all happy, right? <laughs> and he just kind of looks back. He's like, "I really don't need to do sneaking right, right. now, right? But, I'm, but I'm gonna do it because I'm Satan, right?" But yeah, Milton does list them by name, lion, tigers, bears. Oh my. <laughs> Elephants, he does mention uh-huh. them, so mm-hmm. yeah, he does yeah. he does he does know about a bunch of animals outside of uh, England for sure. Yeah. Yeah, so we definitely we definitely got those, you know. Um and so yeah, so he's he's right up close on them. He's he's hiding in the tall grass mm-hmm. and Adam begins to speak. So Satan's tiger ears like perk up, right? <laughs> I like that. Um, cat, what happens yeah. to cats, yeah. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. Even even, you know, the Lord of all evil. Right. <laughs> right. It's like when his ears go up. It's like, oh you know. when you say his name or mm-hmm. you know, it's like He pretends like, to not notice, but he knows. Right. He hears it. Yeah. And okay, Keenan, Satan is ridiculously lucky here. <laughs> because Adam is dropping some crucial info. <laughs> he's like he's like, Oh Eve, you're the best thing that God ever created. I love you so much. Mm-hmm. Isn't it great we live here in this beautiful garden that God made for us and all he asks in return <laughs> is that we don't eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil? Because as you know, because you were there, God said that eating from that tree would bring death into the world, who whatever that is, something bad. <laughs> something bad. <laughs> Isn't it great that we have so much freedom and that's literally the only thing we're not allowed to do? But who would want and, to, right? Yeah. <laughs> what reason would we have? Yeah. And Eve's like, yes, yes, Adam, it's 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 really great, right? Maybe maybe Satan's not lucky. Maybe Adam says this literally every day. Right? <laughs> well, they've only been two days together. <laughs> true, true. Right. But we got that. I, I just like we got the first man mm-hmm. mansplaining to Eve, <laughs> even though she was also there when God told them to not eat from this tree. And she's like, that's really great, honey. No. Uh, yeah, but this is this is part of the uh, this is especially the a part that feels more like a play, right? Yeah, no, yes. Like we were talking about like like it being a stage play. This is exactly, you know, and you're going to you, you see Satan hiding, right? right? Exactly. And and uh, uh Adam and Eve are up like, you know, uh, upstage in their, mm-hmm. in their 
they're they're talking, uh, you know, and and like Satan's reacting in the back. He's like, <gasps> <gasps> <Yeah. laughs> right. Um, but yeah, so um, so Eve actually answers him. She 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 basically tells him, Adam, mm-hmm. her origin story. <laughs> She's like, oh, Adam. Like, I love you too. I feel like I'm the lucky one because I get to be devoted to God and you. Mm-hmm. Hey, do you remember when we first met like two days ago? <laughs> right. And I woke up by the edge of a lake and I looked in and I thought it was another person. But then an angel came and told me it was my reflection and to, to follow him to meet you. And the angel led me to you, but I thought you looked kind of icky. So I turned <laughs> back to hang with my reflection. Remember that? But you won me over by giving me a name, which is which is what you're really good at, Adam. Yeah. And here that's like his job, I suppose, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah right. That's that is his thing. And yeah, so again, classical stuff, they point out that both Adam and Eve um, represent God in different ways. Mm -hmm. And Adam is all about um, uh, understanding things. He wants to categorize things Mm -hmm. and he gives things names. And that is kind of like um, the the play version of God creating, you know, ex nihilo, right? Mm-hmm. Like something out of nothing, right? right. And so, you know, uh, you know, God's going to be like, let there be antelopes. And then Adam's going to walk up and he's like, that's an antelope, right? Mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Eve, on the other hand, is like God in God's majestic awe, right? Like his his magnetism, his, um, like the the beauty that makes like, you know, uh, characters in the Bible tremble, mm-hmm. right? But she's, she's extending creation as I understand it. Yes, as well as that, right? Yeah. So she has the has the element of being able to make uh, you know something from nothing, right? right? Mm-hmm. Like she can she can make children. She can also take what Adam gives her, or she can take like um, we're going to see like how she tends the garden. Mm-hmm. She can like take things that are broken or take things that are um, you know ugly, and she can make them beautiful, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And that's another thing that God does, right? right? Like Satan, you know, messes up something, and you know God can like make it even more beautiful than it was. And that's that's Eve's um, version of of uh, God's aspect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do you make of this? thing that is like Narcissus, right? Where where Eve sees herself in the uh, water. But but yeah. Milton doesn't seem to make that connection for us, right? So Right. He's mentioned he mentions every other like classical Greek thing. Yeah, yeah. So is when he's he, when he's comparing stuff. So yeah. I mean I've seen people say that that Eve doing this is like Narcissus, but when I read the text, I don't think it is. Like I, no, I don't see no. that like pride or she almost drowns herself in it or anything like that. Right. Um, no, no, no. Yeah, but it, but it's like it's an exact story out of uh, Greek mythology, just not without right. any of the the moral of the story, I guess. Yeah, I don't see like if if that's what Milton was trying to do was trying to like you know subtly say that that uh, women are vain or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I don't see it. Yeah, because she's 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 puzzled by it. She's scared by it right, first, right? Right, and she she backs away, and then she like looks at it again, and she I don't think she has a conversation with it, but like she she like she thinks it's another entity, mm-hmm. and and she's she's like. Just overjoyed to meet someone like her, right? right? Yeah, and folks, you know, let's give her a break. She's like the second person ever, right? <laughs> right yeah. So I've seen other, I, I've seen people warning about this, um, this incident that this is a sign of his misogyny. I don't know if that that is here is my point. Yeah. Right? So there's plenty of other, you know. Yes, there, <laughs> well, that's stuff, not to right? say that that Milton is not misogynistic in other places of this, but yeah, I don't know, like this one. Because he could have leaned into it a little, and bit we've more. seen him. He has the ability and the inclination to be like, and that's like, nef- you know, nefertities, and this is right, like yeah. pasasses or whatever, and things yeah. you've never heard of. Anymore. Everything is like right. a everything else. Yes, yeah, yeah. but this one isn't like Narcissus, which is yeah, yeah. It was weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, so I, I think it's just I think it's um, trying to show like her innocence, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. maybe naivete, right. right. Yeah, but then why not uh, also show a little bit of Adam's naivete? Like, you know, <laughs> right. Come on, you know, uh-huh. let's have him. Let's have him try to try to name something and get it horribly wrong. 
Right. It's like this fruit is a kumquat, and <laughs> and God's like, are you are you sure? Are you serious? Are you? Sure? He's like, yes, yes. And he's like, all right, okay. We gave him free will. He can name whatever he wants. Mm-hmm. Like this fruit is a kiwi. Okay. And this bird is a kiwi. <laughs> Aren't you going to confuse That's... the two of them? It look rather similar. He's like, no, no, no. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first day, and God and God's like, okay. <laughs> he has that like 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 very patient parent. Like it's like. Let's let's try something else. <laughs> Why don't you name this orange colored fruit? Yeah. Yes, that's a tangerine. Okay, we'll come back to this later. <laughs> yeah, what, what what folks who read the Bible don't know is that um, mm-hmm. God had God had some some trouble with Adam at first, and <laughs> he, had, he had some notes. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> we don't see that, and Eve doesn't know about that because she didn't exist yet. <laughs> right. right there we go but yeah so so then you know satan's still watching them right and they start to get all lovey-dovey and they start kissing mm-hmm. and satan turns away he's like ugh but but no actually he says sight hateful sight tormenting and he notes how and this is I, I actually like this he says even though they're already in paradise they find another paradise in each other's arms mm-hmm. right while he is alone in hell even when he's not in hell right should have Ask Beelzebub to come with them. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> this problem could have been solved, right? It's right in front of you the whole time, man. Yeah. But you, like, you had that, you had that, 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 that alpha energy, Satan. <laughs> you like, had I him. I gotta do this by myself. <laughs> he completes you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You had him at hell. Yeah. That <laughs> <laughs> you had me at hello. <laughs> I like that. I like that. <laughs> Very clever. Um... Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Okay. So Satan turns inward, and he and he starts talking to himself. He says, "Yet let me not forget what I have gained from their own mouths. All is not theirs. It seems one fatal tree there stands of knowledge called forbidden them to taste. Knowledge forbidden? Suspicious. Reasonless. Why should their lord envy them that? Can it be sin to know? Can it be death? And do they only stand by ignorance? Is that their happy state? The proof of their obedience and their faith?" Which is actually a really good point. Those are very good questions, Satan. Yes. And we know Satan is genuinely puzzled by this because he's saying it in a monologue to himself, right, with no one else around. A so, soliloquy. A soliloquy, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but but no, like remember, folks, like we said this back in The Exorcist, talking about uh, uh, Disney songs, right? Talking about soliloquies. Anytime a character is alone on stage or in a scene, meaning like there's no one there for them to lie to. Right. Mm -hmm. Whatever they show us or tell us is true. And if it's not objectively true, they still think it's true. Right. Mm -hmm. Romeo is telling the truth when he cries over Juliet's body because he believes she's dead. Mm -hmm. Right. So as a rule, all soliloquies reveal the character's truth, which is just so funny because here in this poem, we have the father of lies speaking soliloquy for 90 percent of his lines. Mm And yes, a lot of what he says is twisted logic, like, you know, like before, um, but we are seeing more of his thought process than ever before in any other story since uh, before this, right? Mm-hmm. He And he can't lie to us. And maybe that's why this poem is so attractive because he's playing the part of a deceiver to other characters, but we're in on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so he ends his monologue. He says, live while ye may, yet happy pair, enjoy till I return. Short pleasures for long woes are to succeed. Mm-hmm. And that's when he turns to the audience and he goes, ha, 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 and they all go, boo. Uh, they throw their peanut shells at him. Yeah. Right? And, and he flourishes his cape and he exits stage left. Right? <laughs> but no, like I, I said before, some scenes in this book feel like a British panto, mm-hmm. right? 
this is one of those scenes. Right. Um, and okay, so for, for those who don't know, a panto is a, a type of musical comedy theater that is very, very popular in the UK, mm-hmm. especially around Christmas time. Usually it's a retelling of a classic fairy tale, right? It's Rumpelstiltskin, it's Jack and the Beanstalk, it's Cinderella, mm-hmm. Snow White, right? Aladdin is also in there. It's a popular one. Um, it's mostly for kids, but specific characters are famous for making jokes aimed at the moms and the dads, mm-hmm. specifically the villain and the dame. And that's another essential ingredient. All pantos have a dame, which is essentially a, a large man in drag, right? Mm-hmm. And he'll play like, you know, the fairy godmother or Jack's mm-hmm. mother, right? And, right, um, if there is no dame analog in the original tale, they will make one because you got to have the dame. Mm-hmm. Um, and the dame is always good. She's real snarky and she's usually the only character other than the villain who is aware that they are in a show. Mm-hmm. And yeah, then you got your villain, um, who is a very specific kind of villain. Um, he is also wisecracking. He talks back to the audience. He's he's overly dramatic. He has an evil laugh. And whenever he shows up, everyone is supposed to boo and hiss. Right. And again, if, you know, the fairy tale doesn't have a, a character like this, they put one in. Um, like one of the pantos I did uh, was Jack and the Beanstalk. And the giant was actually a secondary villain. And I played the main villain and I was the crooked man. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was going to I was going to kick Jack and his mother off their land unless they could come up with the money or unless uh, Jack's mother would marry me. <laughs> yeah, but you have to have you early, right? Because the giant comes in later. So we need to exactly. early on, right? Right, right. And then, like, the giant is part of, like, Jack solving the problem of getting mm. the, you know, the gold to pay for the farm. Right? Mm, very cool. Um, but yeah, right? Um, and yeah, it was great. You know, I'd, like, walk out onto the stage, right? And everybody, oh, boo, boo. And I was like, ah, shut up. Right? <laughs> it was great. Um, but yeah, so, and the so reason. Remember, I, if you see Lester in the street, just say, boo. Just, he, just hiss he and loves boo. it. He loves it. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> Can't get enough of it. Brings me back to my panto days. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, the reason I'm bringing Panto up is there's there's always a scene in the Panto where the villain is being sneaky and he is hiding from the other characters. And it is a tradition that the kids all shout, he's behind you, right? <laughs> and that's exactly what this scene is. Satan is creeping around behind Adam and Eve and the kids in the audience are, are going crazy trying <laughs> to warn them. And every time Adam and Eve look back, Satan like, you know, he ducks behind a tree or something, <laughs> right? Um, or, he's behind or, the tree. It's not yeah. a tiger. Yeah. <laughs> Tigers are actually bigger than lions. <laughs> he, Seems he, to me he's in love with Beelzebub and projecting <laughs> his internal hatred on you. <laughs> I think that Narcissus comparison was only half formed. <laughs> could have gone a little bit further with it or just not did it at all which would be our preference right yeah we had some we had some precocious little kids in the yeah science. they're smart they're whippersnappers yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but yeah so satan ducks behind a tree or he trees behind a duck right he, he... <laughs> adam's like i could have sworn there were like it's like, i i know how many trees there are there's right. there's one more tree just standing right behind that duck <laughs> That's right. <laughs> right. It's the tree of being good at sports now standing behind the duck of good penmanship. Oh, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, and then finally, right, Satan's last words in the scene, he's like, enjoy Eden while you can. <laughs> ah, 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 right. That's that's, mm-hmm. a, that's a typical, um, you know, uh, panto villain mm-hmm, move, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> um, and he's going to show up in a disguise a little bit later, right? Right. Which is true. another thing. Yeah. He's like, don't trust him. He's the devil. <laughs> Don't trust that snake. <laughs> Why is there only one snake? 
Why are there? Why did God make snakes at all? Oh, him. Don't worry about him. That's just the serpent of seducing Eve. Oh, okay. <laughs> God's like, Adam, we need to talk about these names. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, okay. So Satan exits, stage left. Um, he's he's, he's going to go explore the rest of Eden um, to see how he can, like, mess up Adam and Eve's situation, mm-hmm. which I don't understand. No? Because he he figured it out. <laughs> But, but no, no, no. No, that's a different tree. I'm sure no. it's a different tree for that. No, 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 no. He, like he's, he, he's, he's, you know, we hear, we hear Adam being like, you know, isn't it great that, you right. know, all we have to do is, uh, you know, not eat from not the tree. Not eat from the, the, which tree? The tree of the knowledge <laughs> the of good and evil. Of knowledge of good and evil. Right. He says that. All and then Satan says it, he repeats it. He's like, they, they shouldn't eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, farewell, happy pair. I'm going to go like on a hike or something. <laughs> he doesn't go directly to the tree is what you're saying. I thought the tree, like I thought the tree was like nearby. <laughs> That's what I mean. It's like, so you're saying like, it's weird that he's like, Oh, I've heard about this tree. So now I'm going to go to, I would go right to that tree and look at it. I would it go right to the tree. Right yeah. Like, but he's like, not, he's going to go do no. something else. He's going to go sunbathing or. Yeah. Like he goes and he explores. He's like, I'm going to go explore the rest of Eden and right. see how, like with the purpose of the, his exploration of Eden is going to help him. But right. he de- no, he he knows what to do. <laughs> unless the tree is somewhere else, unless the tree is not there. Right. I don't know. No, right? it must be around there. It was like because because that's the only reason. I was like, I have to go find this tree of knowledge of good and evil. But then, uh, but then I think you're right because then he's he doesn't go and find it he at all. Right. Yeah. He he ends up back back where <laughs> right. they yeah. Right. Turns we'll, out we'll yeah. see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like wow, this is like just beautiful foliage as far as the eye can see. It's like <laughs> you, you get tired of that real quick. <laughs> um, but no. Uh, so, so yeah, he exits and he's going to go explore the rest of the garden, see what's what. And this transition also feels very stagey, right? Mm-hmm. We get stage lights go down on Adam and Eve. And then on the other end of the stage, it's like, meanwhile, right? And spotlight goes up on the gates of Eden, right? And they're guarded by Gabriel and his soldiers. And Oriel shows up, right? Um, you know, he comes down on a sunbeam, which I don't know how you would do. Like, I don't know the budget of this. <laughs> is this like a high school production mm-hmm. or is this like, you know, like a huge like Radio City music hall? Like, is he descending on like a, you know, an invisible like wire or something? <laughs> yeah, I just like a staircase that uh, or like it's just a stepladder labeled sunbeam. Sunbeam. Yeah. <laughs> right. Or it's one of those like little like rope ladders, like helicopter, you know. Uh, OK. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or you just hear <laughs> and then just after him just a couple of we- uh, of feathers just seesawing down right? no 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 Uriel makes it through don't worry about yeah, Uriel yeah he does he's, he's okay yeah so yeah so Uriel shows up and basically tells them what we already know that Satan is now in Eden so we're watching the other characters of the play get brought up to speed right but yeah in the poem he's like Gabriel I, I have terrible news Someone told the devil where Eden is, and now he might be there. No, 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 no. He doesn't. He doesn't do that. He's an angel. He tells the truth. Right? He said. He says that he showed Satan the way to the Garden of Eden. And Gabriel's like, "How could you do that, Oriel? You know we're not supposed to let him in here." And Oriel's like, "I know, but he tricked me." And Gabriel's like, "Tricked you? But you're like the, the wisest, most observant <laughs> angel. Like that's why you live in the sun. You see everything. How could he trick you?" Mm-hmm. And Oriel's trying to explain, but it's like a foreign concept. It's like he said a thing that isn't true. <laughs> and Gabriel's like, "What? What do you mean?" And Oriel's like, "He said 
that he was a little baby cherub. <laughs> and immediately Gabriel's like, but Oriel, he isn't a little baby cherub. And Oriel's like, I know. But he said that he was. He said he was a little baby cherub. But, but why would he say that? And this is where the clouds part. And God's like, he was lying, guys. <laughs> It's a new thing. I'll brief you on it when you get back up here. We'll have an onboarding. We've got some PowerPoints. Right. And now I'm just thinking about like training seminar up in heaven, right? Yeah. On lying. It's like, it's a new technology, right? Right. Yeah. They all have to get up. Yeah. The competition's already using this lion stuff. We got to yeah. get up on this. Yeah. I get it. It's like, this is like, okay, we got to, we got to understand Salesforce now, right? <laughs> right. I still don't understand the old system, right? <laughs> so I'm, we have to learn how to use LinkedIn and Salesforce. It's all about lying. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> And there's like a training video that you're required to watch, oh, right? Of course. And the guy in the video is is just some poor angel that you work with, right? <laughs> and he and he's dressed like the devil, but it's not like a good costume. He's just like wearing like a baseball cap that has horns on it, right? And his his name tag says devil, right? right. <laughs> and and he's on the phone and he's like, "Hello, God, I can't come into work today." And you see his eyes moving as he reads the cue cards. Mm-hmm. Oh, why? Because I'm sick. And then he stops and he's like, wait, but Jeff, I'm not sick. (laughs) And you hear off camera, it's like, no, it's okay. You're Satan. What? No, I'm Ethan. (laughs) No, you're pretending to be Satan. Am I lying right now? No, it's okay. You said I could do this without lying. Yeah. (laughs) Really concerned my parents might see this. But no, it basically, Oriel warns them and they go off in search of Satan, mm. right? And Oriel goes uh, back up to the sun and it sets and we- The get hell this, does that mean when you're on the I, sun? He, he goes up to the sun and then it sets. How? <laughs> <laughs> no, Is he no, lying no. now? <laughs> the sun can't set when you're on the sun. No, 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 no. It doesn't set for him, I guess. <laughs> For us, the audience members, he exits, goes uh-huh. back up to the sun, uh-huh. and then the sun sets on Eden. Okay. Yes. It's all so, relative. Yeah. And it couldn't set until, you know, he was up because he has to, he has to, you know, put it into drive. He's got to punch in, right? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> all right. Okay. So, yeah. So now we get a scene with Adam and Eve, and Adam reveals that they have been working all day. And that's another thing. Um, the guys at Classical Stuff, they point this out. There is work in Eden. Mm-hmm. Adam and Eve aren't just like, you know, sitting around, right? They're, right? They are tending this garden. And the goal is that one day all of earth will be like this garden and God will come down and dwell with them and it will be like heaven on earth, right? Mm-hmm. So that's that's the, the thing that they're hoping for, right? That does add this extra layer that I, again, I don't know if it's in Genesis. I don't, I'm questioning everything I know about Genesis now. Yeah, yeah. But the idea of, of like, yeah. Like it's not just a a garden that is has static borders. They're going to expand the border with it. They're going to turn the entire earth into this garden, and yeah. God's going to come down. And that's even more tragic that we fell. Right. Right. Like it adds this other element to that 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 we had a job to do. So it's like not just okay. This is original. This is where original sin comes from. So right. that means that when I was a kid, I um I shoplifted a candy bar, uh-huh. and and that's where that comes from. No, mm-hmm. but it's it's more than that. It's like we were we were going to make perfection on earth right yeah and th- those plans are all now impossible right it's all and it was going to be like again death wasn't introduced into the world so we would mm-hmm. be able to go visit adam and eve 
Like, right. and they would be like the kings and the, the, the king and queen of, of this world, right? And he did introduce us to God. Yeah, right. And I we mean, would be we able to see God by, by his face. Yeah. Right. And it, and it would be like in, in you know, the, the early, early Genesis where like God is walking in the garden and like, like mm-hmm. you know, we can, we can just like hang out with him, right? Right. Yeah. So the, the lack of the age of miracles and all of that, like the end of the age of miracles and all of that stuff is, is from our fall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Now, yeah, this is, that's, this, that's sad, Milton. Yeah. Right. That's the, that's the, um, the subtitle. Uh, of the title of the Bible is like, this is why we can't have nice things. <laughs> right. But yeah, but okay, like, actually, this is a good place to, 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 uh, I guess, pontificate. Um, mm-hmm. So we, you know, we do this with the exorcist. It's like, Oh, who is the exorcist? Is it, is it Karis? <laughs> is it Marin? Right. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Which paradise is being mm-hmm. lost here? Right. Like, is it, is it, you know, Satan's fall from heaven or is it, you know, uh, man's fall from grace and expulsion of Eden? Oh, you must be right. I, yeah, I thought it was Satan's fall from heaven. That's what I thought. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So, could, but it's not just Adam and Eve's loss of paradise. It's your loss of paradise. Exactly. My loss of paradise. Yeah. Right. As their descendants. Right. This isn't like, like the full title wouldn't be like, you know, um, you know, paradise lost by Adam and Eve. It's like paradise <laughs> is lost. Mm-hmm. Like right. paradise is gone for all of us. Yeah. You know, one of the great titles is Atlas Shrugged, you know? Uh-huh. Just a what isn't that just a wonderful title, Atlas mm-hmm. Shrugged? Yeah. And then do you know what that do you know what it means? Um, I mean, like he's he's the, the Titan who holds up the earth, right? Oh no, he holds yeah. up the sky, isn't it? Yeah, so then yeah. He, well, yeah, he holds up Earth and then he shrugged and that left Earth. And when like, I don't know, when when you hear what Anne Rand means by it, it is mm. less elegant than it sounds. Oh. <laughs> it's Atlas Shrugged and the, the earth is now destroyed and terrible. Huh. Oh. oh. I feel like so. Yeah. Sideburn Anne Rand. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Anne Rand, folks. Um <laughs> look her up, read her. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Jo- join a join a club or two online. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> and then read Finnegan's Wake again. <laughs> no, I don't know anyone who's finished uh, Atlas Shrugged. Yeah. So mm-hmm. all my friends have started it and never finished it. Ah, okay. Hmm. Interesting. So so he hasn't shrugged yet. <laughs> I don't believe so. Yeah. I don't know when he shrugs. Atlas is, uh, he's, he's unsure of something, <laughs> but nobody's asked him yet. <laughs> but he's an Anne Rand character, so no one has to ask him. He'll just tell you anyways. Oh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> Without anybody asking. <laughs> mm. <laughs> oh, yeah. So Adam and Eve. Yeah. So, so, so that's what they're doing. They're tending this garden, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but Milton tells us that before the fall, this work was actually like easy and fun. Right. Mm-hmm. Crops and plants were just like popping up out of the ground. Right. No trouble. Mm-hmm. Right. They didn't. It wasn't it wasn't considered toil, which is uh-huh. what, what is it is considered now, like after the fall. Right. Um, but here, Adam says, just as all other things must must sleep, they also must take a break uh, from their work and sleep. He's, t- he's telling this to Eve. <laughs> like she doesn't well, know. Well, again, it's their second day alive or whatever. It is, right, But so. it's his like, I guess he's OK. Like, is he like one day older? Is that why? <laughs> So, yeah. Is that the thing? He's <laughs> one day older than her, right? and he has to tell. Like this is this is like your big brother by like mm-hmm. you know nine months or so, <laughs> and he's showing you around the playroom and he's telling you all about the world, right? So this is like um sixteen going on seventeen. Right? Yeah. He's like, I need someone older and wiser telling me what to do. <laughs> I am one day going on two <laughs> days. All depends on you. Yeah, that's that is what this is, folks. Yeah, um, and okay, it, like Eve answers, and mm-hmm. uh, you know we got to blame this on Milton because you know Satan's not here. Um, <laughs> she calls Adam Lord and Master, 
right? Mm-hmm. She's been doing that. Um, <laughs> and she says she's devoted to him and mm-hmm. she loses track of time when she's with him. <laughs> 24 hours, yeah. Eve. <laughs> yeah. and, th- and then she asks, a, I think, a valid question, mm-hmm. right? If all of this is for us, why do the moon and stars continue to shine when we sleep? Mm-hmm. Right? It's, it's a good question, Eve. <laughs> I'm, I'm backing that up. It's like, explain it, Adam. And and he does. He mansplains uh, the cosmos to her. Um, or like his understanding of the cosmos, right? He says, mm-hmm. the sun and the moon and stars, they have to they have to make their orbit around the earth. And remember, folks, this is, you know, mm-hmm. geocentric right. universe, right? Galileo's in house arrest, right? <laughs> and so, yeah. So, so after this explanation, right, they're holding hands and they retire to their little shelter, which they have. And mm-hmm. uh, before they enter, they say a little prayer. They give thanks to God. And then they go inside and they make love. And mm-hmm. Milton dips in here to say that, you know, sex before the fall was was beautiful and it was pure, this, this mutual sharing of love. And it only became dirty and sinful after the fall, mm. to which I say, thank God. God. <laughs> Is that what it was going to be? Mm-hmm. Just vanilla sex for all eternity? I mean, I guess so. I guess like uh, just the way that animals mate, right? Yeah. Just like mating for mating's sake. Yeah. See you later. Mm. Right. Well, no, no. He specifically talks about them like relishing in each other's like love, right? Like sharing mm-hmm. each other's love, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so there is that. Um, but he continues. He's, he's like, like, you know, not like it is today with all this, you know, casual coupling and this debauchery and all these, all these masked balls and these scandalous parties, right? And these unmasked balls. And these unmasked balls, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> and, and folks, this is like for most people, the most boring part of the whole poem, this Adam and mm. Eve stuff. And just as they are retiring for the night, Milton mm. butts in and he's like, they also have boring sex. <laughs> just want you to know. <laughs> So you're saying it's not paradise if they just have uh, sweet sex. And I mean, no you know, in it. like you need a little, I mean, yeah, I, I don't, you know, vanilla's fine, Keenan. <laughs> Man and a woman, lovey-dovey sex is fine. Yeah, you know. Married, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Same person for eternity. I mean. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. You know, where's, where's the mint chocolate chip? Where's the, <laughs> where's the rocky road? Mm-hmm. Right? Butter pecan. Butter yeah. pecan. <laughs> You know, I always get um, if it's available. I always get cotton candy ice cream. Are we, are we still doing an innuendo, or is this like? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know what cotton candy ice cream would be as a metaphor for. for I, don't, I don't know if I want to know. <laughs> but I always get it, and then every time I have oh. it, I'm like, I don't know. This isn't as good as the idea of it. So, but I, I'm always compelled. So there must be some kind of sex that's like that. Like cotton candy. <laughs> that sounded like a good, it always sounds like a good idea until you're in the process. Until you're in it, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, maybe this time I'll learn cotton yeah. candy ice cream isn't as good as uh, vanilla. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pistachio. Yeah, mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what we're saying, folks, is Satan invented all the ice cream flavors. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Because it was only vanilla in the Garden of Eden, and now we got... Mm-hmm. Now we got bananas for scale. Yeah. <laughs> but we also have penal fire, and that's uh... yeah. I don't know who who and when invented the crazy Ben and Jerry, like uh, Chunky Monkey and uh, Stephen Colbert's America and Dream. I don't know who invented oh, that. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> that might have been the Marquis de Sade. Yeah. You know. <laughs> More like the Marquis de Salted Caramel. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. Yeah. 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 So. So. Yeah. They're. You know. They're in there. They're in the bower. Um, mm-hmm. 
Um, but uh, here the lights go down on Adam and Eve, mm-hmm. and the lights go up on Gabriel and his troop of angels. And he names a few of them. He's like, he's like Uziel, uh, you go south with your men. Um, Ithuriel and and Zephon, uh, you know, uh, go go over and, and check Adam and Eve's house and and, mm-hmm. and uh, see if uh, Satan's already there. And if he is, bring him to me, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And surprise, surprise, Satan is already there, right? The angels find him quote squatting like a toad. Um, <laughs> beside Eve's ear. And again, every artistic depiction I see is an actual toad. But it can't be. Like a toad does not mean that he is a toad. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> he, like, the only, like, like he, like, he, he sat in the tree of life like a cormorant, and right. now he is squatting like a toad. Has mm-hmm. he not changed yet? <laughs> like, I thought he's been changing this whole time. Like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he has been. Okay, yeah. But yeah, like, the, the way that Milton says it, it's, him there, they found squat like a toad, close mm-hmm. at the ear of Eve. Right? It sounds right. like Satan is just like in his angel form on all fours, like a toad. Absolutely, it's got it's got to be because because toads don't squat like toads, and co- and cormorants don't don't yeah hold their wings up like cormorants. Right. right. Yeah. But okay, Keenan. The next thing that happens, it mm-hmm. has to be that he changed his shape, because they poke him with a spear, and immediately his disguise evaporates. <sighs> So he must have changed into a toad. Yeah. Well, then he's using language all wrong. This guy, Milton, who uh, has more influence on the English language than I will ever have. Mm. (laughs) He's doing English wrong. They got it. Like, he needs to say, they found a toad squatting by Eve's ear. Right. And they knew it was Satan. And they knew it was Satan. And they they poked him with a, you know, a spear. Right. (laughs) Right. But yes. So if we are understanding this correctly, he did change into a toad. Right. Mm -hmm, right. And so if you are keeping tally at home so far, right, we got a, a cormorant. Right, which mm-hmm. is which is a creature of the air. Then mm-hmm. we got some beasts of the field, including a lion and a tiger, and now we got a toad. So, in pursuit of his revenge, his forms are slowly devolving. Right, okay. and I really like that. Um, but yeah, so you know, they they poke this toad with a spear, um, and there's this burst of flames. Right, Milton says it's like a spark uh, hitting gunpowder. Right, mm-hmm. and now Satan is standing before them, and they all draw back because even in his angelic form, he's changed and he looks terrifying. Um, but they pluck up their courage and they address him, and they're like, "Which one of the rebel angels are you?" And Satan's like, "Excuse me," <laughs> like he can't believe it. This is the thing that like stings the most. He's like, mm-hmm. "Don't you know who I am?" <laughs> And he goes on, he's like, if you, if you don't know who I am, you must be very low-ranking angels. Like, why am I wasting my time talking with you? Right. Um, but then Zephon steps forward, and Milton lets us know that Zephon is a cherub. And remember, we, we know that actual cherubs sound like New York cabbies. Right? <laughs> so Zephon's like, hey, what are you doing over here? Don't act like you're still up in heaven with all your fancy titles. Right? You're just a bum now. <gasps> That's right. <laughs> and he's like, like so you're going to come with us without a fight? And Satan's like, if I'm going to fight, I'm not going to fight a little cherub like you. <laughs> yeah, take me to your boss, right? And I, lo- I don't know if Milton meant to do this, but I love how that's how they get him to go with them, right? Mm-hmm. Because of Satan's pride. He can't stand, like, uh, having to speak with someone of lower rank, right? He's asking to speak to their manager. Exa- he's, it is the original Karen, folks. <laughs> Karen Morningstar, right? <laughs> do you know who my father is? <laughs> Yeah, he's he's all of our he's fathers. All of yeah. our fathers. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. Stop recording me. Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah, so they take him to Gabriel, and Gabriel knows who he is, right? And he says, "Why hast thou, Satan, broke the bounds prescribed to thy transgressions?" And Satan's like, "Gabriel, I always thought you were smart, but that is the stupidest question." 
<laughs> and he says, he basically says, is there anyone who loves being punished? Mm-hmm. And Milton chimes in again. He's like, not yet, because all sex is boring. <laughs> but no, Satan's, Satan's basically like, um, you know, who wouldn't want to leave their prison if they could, right? Right. He's like, seems to me God should have made it uh, harder to escape, mm-hmm. right? Or maybe he wanted me to escape. Right? <laughs> and Gabriel shoots back and he's just as snarky. He's like, oh, looks like we lost a philosopher up in heaven. <laughs> um, but then he's like, okay, but, you know, why are you out here all by yourself? Are the other fallen angels just uh, just tougher? You couldn't stand the heat, right? <laughs> where's, where's Beelzebub? Where's Beelzebub? <laughs> he huh? just looks up. He's, he's back at home. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I told him not to come. <laughs> <laughs> But no, actually, so so this line from Gabriel actually makes it really, really mad. Mm-hmm. Right? He's just like, oh, you're just like, you know, you're just a, you're just, you know, uh, running from your from your prison, right? It seems like all the other all the other fallen angels are a little bit tougher than you, huh, Satan? Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, you watch your goddamn mouth. <laughs> so I was the toughest angel up in heaven, and you know that because we fought, and I almost kicked your ass. And mm-hmm. even back then, you were a smart ass, and I see nothing has changed. Right? Mm-hmm. And he goes on to say, <laughs> from from ten days ago, from ten days ago. <laughs> forgot about that part yeah <laughs> but yeah satan goes on to say that he's there uh, that he's um you know hell's chosen leader and he alone volunteered to to brave the realm of chaos in search of this new world where he can rest his rebel angels to whom he remains loyal and they to him and then they're going to prepare for another war and and he says gabriel knows nothing of war and right. he says you know go back to heaven and and sing hymns because that's all he's good for <laughs> right and Gabriel says, it's like, he's like, your actions don't befit a leader, but a liar, right? Don't talk to me about loyalty, right? Yeah, we've got training on what lying is now, so yeah. we understand that. So now I know what that is. Yeah. <laughs> right? Satan's like, oh, right, really? Because actually I was just uh, out here taking my uh, my my evening constitutional. <laughs> yeah. I was looking for, for neat rocks. Yeah. Right? <laughs> to, to, bring to bring back, back to, hell. to hell. Yeah. <laughs> what am I? Uh, yeah. It's, the rules don't say I'm not allowed to do that. And Gabriel's like, well, yeah, actually, the rules don't say. Wait, wait, wait a minute. That's another lie, isn't it? No. But no, he um, he says he tells Satan to get out. Um, um, and if he sees Satan um, near Eden again, he's going to drag him back to hell himself in chains. Maybe I'd like that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know me. <laughs> And, but yeah, so so this again, like everything that that Gabriel is saying is like just like upping uh, Satan's rage, right? Mm-hmm. And he speaks like like I'm, I'm imagining like through clenched teeth. He's like, speak yeah. of chains only when I am your prisoner. But before that, expect to feel my fist in your face, <laughs> right? I don't care if God's got your back or not. You're just his slaves, and you're going to mm-hmm. be my slave soon. And with those chains, you're going to drag my chariot over the starry paths of heaven, mm-hmm. right? And this this does the job, right? It gets all the angels. They literally turn fiery red, right? <laughs> and they square up and they, they they lower their spears. They point them at Satan. And Satan gathers up his like faded strength. And, and even though he's unarmed, Milton says he looked like he may as well have a spear and a shield. And he begins to grow. And he's becoming huge and terrible. And Milton mm-hmm. says that this fight would have destroyed all of creation. But just then, God sends a vision of golden scales, basically showing Satan the outcome of the battle. And Gabriel kind of like interprets it for him. He says, he says God is telling you that even though you're stronger than me. Both my strength and your strength were, were given to us by God, and he holds the scales. And if we fight, God is saying, you're going to lose this one. Oh, okay. And Satan knows that he's right. And so uh, Milton says he he fled murmuring, and with, mm-hmm. a, uh, and with him fled the shades of night. Mm-hmm. 
I do like the idea of him murmuring as he goes off. I like see those two things. I would have him it's like like he fled and with him fled the shades of night. I like mm-hmm. that. Right. right. Now you put murmuring and it just sounds like it's a <laughs> fr- 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 right. It's like you chains. We talk about chains. Chains. And that is the end of book four. Mm-hmm. Keenan, what did you think of this book compared to the other ones we've read so far? Well, I like the Adam Eve stuff. I think that I had really? a lot okay. of misunderstanding. Yeah, I do. I think it's well. Mm. I mean, I think it's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to like, had the I had the most revelations about. Oh, wow, that's an interesting way of thinking about this when I was looking mm. at Adam and Eve. Um, mm. But uh, but yeah, I guess I also had a whole lot of misunderstandings of what's <laughs> happening in the text. So so maybe uh, I don't know. <laughs> Feels half and half for me. How about you? Yeah. Um, again, like all the stuff with Satan, that's what that's what grabbed my attention. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I personally had like a, a bit of a hard time, you know, getting through Adam and Eve. Um, yeah. Just because, like, like, and also partly, but just because of the way he writes Eve as well mm-hmm. is, uh, you know, again, like you can't you can't you know not see the misogyny in it, right? Yeah. She yeah. says, "Oh, you're you're um my my lord and master," and she, he never calls her. Oh, and you are my lady and my mistress. Right. You're her. you're like he he could say like you're my queen. You're my you know. Right. It's like it's like you know. And then and then and then it's equal, even though they're calling each other master. Right. Right. And then not even um some of the stuff that people would try to you know uh, like. Adam having dominion over everybody in the Bible, mm-hmm. including uh, Eve. Like some people say, well, dominion is like you, his job is to take care of her and, and yeah. to, uh, you know, set her up for success. And that's not really here at Milton either. No, no. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, but we're, we're going to get, uh, we're going to get more of them. Yeah. We're going to mm-hmm. get more of Adam and Eve in this story. Right. Good. Um, and more of Satan. And uh, yeah, <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll see how, um, you know, I don't think they've met face to face yet, but uh, you know, I don't know. Anyway, anyway, that is all of my notes. Keenan, is uh, is there anything else? No, I think we got it. We got it. Yeah, we we got there. We got there. Yeah. <laughs> all right, folks, this has been another excellent Exorcist Minute. I've been Lester Ryan Clark. You can reach me on all the socials as Lester Ryan Clark. And I've been Keenan Diaz. You can find me on Letterboxd and Instagram as Howdy Keenan. Yeah, we got our listener group, Compelling Conversations. Go check that out and request to join, and we'll let you in here with us. Thank you so much to everyone who shared the show by word of mouth or on social media, and a big thank you to everyone who has given us a five-star ratings on iTunes or Spotify uh, or wherever you listen to our show. We really appreciate it. It's going to help our little podcast grow and find more cool people like you. Okay. Keenan, are you thinking what I'm thinking? I think I am, Lester. Folks, until next time, the the power power of the the Panto Panto compels you. That's yeah. him. That's Satan. That's Satan. <laughs> Watch out for Sharon. <laughs> <laughs> he says he's a snake, but snakes shouldn't be able to say they're snakes. <laughs> right. Okay. Eve um, Adam says you're in an equal relationship, but he's not backing that up with action. <laughs> it's a red flag, girl. Mm-hmm. You should go look for another. Oh. 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 (laughs) Damn it. Ah. You can name things too, girl. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) She's looking at some of this stuff. She's like, come (laughs) on. Salamander. What the hell? (laughs) What the fuck? Who's on a trip that day? Mm -hmm. All right. I guess this is Greenland and this is Iceland. Sure, Adam. Adam, you're the master. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Calls these blueberries, but they're they're, they're clearly, clearly purple. purple. <laughs>
So those are blueberries. Those are blackberries. Why aren't these red berries? <laughs> yeah. No, these are strawberries. <laughs> and this thing is neither a pea nor a nut. <laughs> I don't know. I'm going I'm to go talk with God, and I'm going to see if I can uh, get some uh, executive power over here. He calls this a chili, but when you eat it, it makes you hot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> God, why do you park in a driveway? <laughs> <laughs>